You're listening to Adam Air, MDGED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard, but I think. Oh, bondage! Up yours! One, two, three, four! <laughs> What's up, guys? I got a really special guest tonight that I met in 2015 in good old Los Angeles. Elizabeth Afton joins us to talk about a bunch of important ass shit. She's definitely one of the coolest guests I've ever had on the fucking show, I can tell you right now. And you're not just listening to Adam Air MDGED, by the way. This is X-Ray Specs, dude. <laughs> and Polly Steering, who has a documentary out right now, was a female, and she was half black from an underprivileged background, <laughs> living in some fucking shithole, sexist, bullshit, racist, and classist bullshit Britain. Britannia! <laughs> oh my god. She'd have had plenty to be angry about, man, but uh, she had a beautiful voice, right? And her voice was awesome. Listen to that shit. Well, you got a voice, too. And I'm inviting you to have the platform here for an hour. Give me a call here at the studio. 206 666-5847 I'm always looking for a new story I like important stuff <laughs> and I like humor and I like uh, humanity go ahead and call me thank you for making it this far into the fifth season the show just fucking went 54 fucking percent more punk and it's just me again, man. I'm the only one here making this motherfucker. This is my shit. And thank you for being a part of it. I can tell stories all the time, and those episodes are cool, but you gotta have episodes like this, man. <laughs> I love this fucking song. Holy shit. All right, let's the fucking get this thing going. We'll return after these messages. From TriStar Home Pictures comes a movie about life, love, homemade pasta, and death. You mean death, Doc? I'm sorry, you only have six months to live. Oh, well, that changes everything. Here's a story about a man named Jack. He went through his whole life without love. How am I doing? <laughs> no one ever asked me that. We're getting a break. Ah, jeez, the dog just pissed on my pizza. This summer, Jack's going back to where he stopped caring. The answer was right here, in my heart. Sometimes we don't find what we need until the end. Jack Nicholson, Kel Burnett, Betty White, and Academy Award winner, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh. Till death do us part. Starts Friday. 
extraordinary awaits. Some people have a deep, abiding respect for the natural beauty that was once this country. And some people don't. Motherfuckers. People start pollution. People can stop it. People can fuck off. Right for pollution booklet, Box 1771, Radio City Station, New York. I liked what you said earlier just now about sometimes just... The last minute thing is kind of the best thing. Absolutely. You know, especially with the way life has been so tenuous over the last year. Like, I need to explain that. However, it's just amazing because we don't know. We, it's hard to plan things out. And we've had so many stops and starts that, yeah, it's it is. to just go for it. I agree. Um, I've had a couple guests on. I kind of went on a rant on Instagram and I was like, you know what? To all my enemies, because I got a lot of enemies. <laughs> that means I'm doing stuff right. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, it was directed to, towards people who weren't my enemies and uh, had a story to tell. And um, getting that voice on. And I just want to keep making them. Uh, you are actually episode 114. Congratulations. Thank you, and you made it this far. I did. I did 100 episodes uh, from March 30th when the virus was official in 2020, and then uh, to March 30th this year, and did 100 episodes right on the dot. Kind of crammed them. Yeah, I kind of crammed them a little. Okay. But I... (laughs) You're getting it done. You know, you do advertise well. You send them out, and you're able to get your message out, which is good. It's really just spamming, and I just felt like that's how we kind of put the uh, zines out in the way back in the day, almost like, um, uh, you know, coming right up to you, give me a dollar for this. <laughs> and so, right. <laughs> I remember those days of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And that, art, like yeah. real art. Yeah. This is 21st century, and now it's just, I feel like I can relate it on some level, so it's at least uh, we're talking. And it's not this computer platform where you can sit behind a text, which texts are so cold, y'all. Well, they're not only cold, but they get misconstrued very easily. And people have had so many more opinions over the last year. It's just really flared that up. So, yeah, it's it's a lot easier to be able to uh, communicate the old-fashioned way. It's kind of how I feel about most things, like even social interaction and everything, uh, whether it's dating or going to events or anything. You know, attending those online events was really depressing for me. Yeah. So it's nice to be out in the world again. However, I've noticed that people don't really know how to behave right now. Nope. I, I noticed that too. Lessons, but, but overall, yeah, it's been a little bit uh, crazy. Like they have no problem entering your bubble again. So it's such awkwardness. 
I feel like how to be human. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were really doing that great of a job before they got sucked into uh, face fuck land, you know? Right. Uh, That's true. You know, I think that it just, I saw some little meme where it was demonstrating that the, uh, uh, the forms of social media that are at their highest, you know, are like mm -hmm. the seven forms of like, you know, the seven deadly sins or whatever. Have yeah, you seen <laughs> I haven't seen that, but it's like the horsemen of the apocalypse, right? Yeah, or the, you know, um, and the last guy I had on that I recorded yesterday, um, you know, he wanted to go into that pretty strong and into Genesis 6-2 and all this. And I don't have a problem with that because I'm one of those late 40s stoner dicks that just fucking talks about Sumerian bullshit and, you know, ancient name, but I just ha happen to do a lot of severe uh, detective study. But that doesn't mean every show has to be about it either. You know what I mean? Right. So I like to mix it up. I like how you. I asked you what songs you wanted to throw on here. And um, you said X-Ray Specs and Polystyrene's like right after my heart, you know? Oh, amazing. There's a documentary coming out about her. She was great, you know. Amazing. Her daughter made it. She had a voice. About living with her, and if she had a voice, she had a lot to say. She had a lot of emotion behind all of it, and a lot of reason, and a lot of experience. But I'm looking forward to learning more by seeing her, her documentary. It should be out very soon, if it's not already. I think it's good for these uh, younger people, too, that like punk rock or love it or whatever, to make sure that they get their up and up and know who that is, you know. And it's good to keep the the channel's moving with recognition. And so many people get swept under the rug, man, in time. Oh, it's insane, especially when it comes to females with a voice, especially in the underground world, especially in punk rock. It's not right. Um, and I feel like, you know, now it's become more, we're now on a more universal acceptance thing. I think the next great move that we'll do is begin to protect, you know, things that can't protect themselves right. and stuff. Be the compassionate approach. I would certainly hope <laughs> you're either, it's going to be the haves and have nots. You either have a heart or you don't. I think that's punk rock is taking care of people. And, you know, I think it's. Absolutely. I mean, that is the ultimate underlying current. If someone falls down, you pick them up. It's just so wondrous. It's just not really looked at. You know, and I feel like a lot of people are, I'm on Instagram too, showing off my art and I've done so much morbid shit over the last like 30 plus years. I mean, you know, and just an extensive history, which is actually how I felt like I met you maybe in, in Los Angeles. shit, I imagine. Yeah. yeah Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I was, uh, just working and trying to chisel, I was working with Hart Fisher. Did you ever meet that dude? Sounds familiar. He was the guy who did the uh, unauthorized biography of Jeffrey Dahmer comics in 92. Oh, wow. Okay. Ended up on Jerry Springer. And the people of Milwaukee were like a black community from a church that had victims in the family. But once they saw they were getting great ratings, they actually teamed up with Hart Fisher as opposed to actually being opposed to him they just teamed up okay. 
And it was one of the first of the sideshow things, like where these guys would get to, you know, plug their church. And Hart Fisher gets to plug his Boneyard Press Jeffrey Dahmer comic at the same time. Interesting. And Jerry Springer was the, you know, the crack dealer that connected them. <laughs> I did a game show with Jerry Springer once. He was a really nice guy. I, yeah. I can imagine he, he is. I mean, he just seems smart. I mean, look, he's bringing people together. He and seems smart. Sorry, he knows how to work with scandal and was ahead of the pack on all of that. So he was that, at the end of the day, he did some healing work. Well, I thought that, you know, nothing he really did did was ever so was nothing short of just a pretty human, I guess. I think he that it was a lot of guts to buy a hooker off the fucking mayor payroll out of Cincinnati. What was it? A written check, was it? A written check for what? $47? It was a specific number? It was like $47.58 or it's like Jerry. (laughs) He did. He's like, I won't pay you a penny more than you're worth. That's what that's what that check says. It's not a tip, you know. It's oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cincinnati. Things people do. What did they do? Oh my god. How did he even become fucking mayor? But you know, I liked how there was a brief time when Jerry Springer had this I want to do a smart secular show, kind of like Phil Donahue, but even a little bit more strict. And it took a bunch of KKK midgets to fucking start a bar fight up on his stage to realize oh, I'm in I'm going the wrong way. It's <laughs> really hard hitting stuff, you know. That it, <laughs> you know, I tell you what, it would have let led off into the uh, the uh, spinoff of Steve Wilkos, another great creation. There we go, and it all started what with Geraldo? Geraldo <laughs> getting bashed in the head with a, by Three a Musketeers of trashy TV. The Nazis. Well, it was the Nazi skinhead that broke Geraldo's nose. Yes, yes. That that was the moment that yeah, that broke the. Cable TV or the local access or something. What was he on? Yeah, it was just like, you know, I thought he was. He break the internet yet. He couldn't break it, but he was America's sweetheart talk show host, Geraldo, at that time. Yeah, absolutely. He was exposing some deeper shit when he did suddenly drop off, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody ever paid attention to that. But that was the Presidio, the child, uh, the children that were missing out of the Presidio and being linked to a ex military. Um, general who was now part of a satanic cult in San Francisco. Wow. And it was revealed. I wish I'd known about that. That's, you know, right up my alley. <laughs> you should go back I'm and check. Knowing the- those things, not doing it. I, well, I, uh, duh. <laughs> but the, um, the colonel or whatever general, he, he does. He looks like this weirdo fucking pervo, chomo goth fucking weirdo. That fucking is just up on the stage, and he he tells Geraldo right there, I don't have to tell you anything. That's what he says to him. Wow. Or he, and he's just, I can't remember his name, but if you do his background, he was in the, he, he doesn't say it on the show, but I, I'm like Bruce Wayne, man. I got to fucking brute break down everything, so I went back and did a little check on him. Sure. Uh, it goes back to 1961. There was a specific pedophile ring bust the U.S. government made on. Uh, oh my God, I 
I can't brain fart. Um, it's one of the islands in the south near Cuba. Okay. And uh, I want to say it was Nicaragua. Even like I know that's not near there, but maybe it was. Anyway, regardless, the term pizza came out in 1961, referring to the rescue of these kids. So whenever they say Pizzagate here in the future, that's why. And that's why these guys are still technically using that uh, term. Not to bust into a Pizzagate thing, but that seems right. to... <laughs> it does seem to be a major concern is like what is happening with these kids? Why are there... Like, why are we still living in an open, open secret society? And that's a good way of putting it. You know, and not... Uh, creating the laws that need to globally protect every child on the planet. Right. Well, that's it's a really humongous thing to tackle, of course. And um, of course. something that I get concerned about having so my background, I've been trained in anti-human trafficking by the Department of Justice, and then I worked and shadowed the FBI in San Diego, working for Internet Crimes Against Children. And in that internship, I was able to have a much deeper understanding of what was going on in the day-to-day -day lives of child pornographers. And I had to view evidence. I also was able to uh, witness a raid on a child pornographer's house, a federal raid. Yes. And so what I've been a little bit alarmed by or, or what comes to mind when I think of these causes and how people get so wrapped up and they're, you know, either coming from a, a religious background or a conspiracy background or any other type of morbidly curious background works too. Whatever it is, getting wrapped up in the big picture stuff doesn't do any good. It happens right under our noses. It happens every day. Children do disappear. Um, it's usually family involvement. It usually starts at home. And, you know, I mean, I, I was even, I, I was viewing things like live streams that were going because things had been reported. Yeah. And so on the law enforcement side, now I'm not sworn and that's, I was just a civilian, sort of a contributor. I was more of an intern. Um, For LAPD, is that what it was? or I was in San Diego. You were in San Diego. Um, when I, yeah, when I had the opportunity to shadow at the FBI there. You know that's the connection with us, was because I busted that pedophile in L.A.? I don't know how I ended up talking to you, but that was... I think I was probably discussing my, my experience at that time. Yeah. I and think that's how I don't know how we got. I was, you know, I was posting. I do have it up on my information on my socials that I'm a victim service provider. I'm not actively doing it anymore because it's a very specialized field, and I can say it was emotionally very difficult to continue doing that. I can't even imagine. We'll return after these messages. High noon in Gotham City. A deserted warehouse on the outskirts of town. And a ticking bomb spells trouble for Batman and Robin. Holy breaking and entering, it's Batgirl. Quick, Batgirl, untie us before it's too late. It's already too late. I've worked for you a long time and I'm paid less than Robin. Holy discontent. 
Same job, same employer means equal pay for men and women. No time for jokes, Batgirl. It's no joke. It's the federal equal pay law. Holy act of Congress. Can we talk about this later? Will Batgirl save the dynamic duo? Will she get equal pay? Tune in tomorrow or contact the Wage and Hour Division listed in your phone book under the U.S. Department of Labor. Lionshead Entertainment. You know this land is cursed. Huh? Based off the best-selling horror. By Chief Nightwater. He said anyone who sees the sun set behind the mountains was cursed. <laughs> Written by Adamir Williams. Forever! That's the evil eye. Chief, who would? No! 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 by Dario Argento, Selma Hayek, Jack Black, Benicio Del Toro, and Christopher Walken, with special appearances by Gunnar Hansen, George Romero, Stephen King, Clive Barker, and Robert Englund. Gods of us, this summer, the evil is in the bomb shelter door. Starts Friday at a theater near you. This film is overrated. No, you know. Uh, and not the category I was intending. I was actually, and I can still do this by, you know, using, doing volunteer services, but I, I decided as a result of seeing the actual horrors of the way this world works. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it was just too much for me to sustain every day. But I can still apply my training. Now, my intention was to be helpful to women and, well, anyone who wanted to leave the adult industry on their own accord. That's how it started for you. That's how it started for me. I also escaped a human trafficking situation myself when I was in L.A. Jesus. So, Is that anything that you would <laughs> you care to sh- you, I, you know it's sensitive, but this would be the yeah, time I to... I a quick overview on it. I haven't really spoken about it on the air or anything, so... Um, trying to put it all together so that it makes a lot more sense. Okay. But um, there were two occasions in Los Angeles where I got out of situations that were very dangerous. Yeah. One was I was at a nightclub and this, I was with a girlfriend and this hot couple approached us and chatted us up. I think they might've even gotten us a drink or something. We were at the Roosevelt in Hollywood and they said, Hey, you want to come to our party in the Hills? Yeah. And my friend and I said, well, sure, that sounds fun. You know, we just want to go to an after party. They seemed hip. And obviously now I'm thinking, oh, they're rich. They have a fancy house. Ooh. Yeah. It's the automatic assumption. Yep. Sure. And they said, okay, well, we'll have a car pick you up. Just meet us outside. Uh, When everything closes down, just meet us outside. We'll pull the car up. Well, by coincidence, I had a male friend that I ran into, and he happened to be trailing behind us a few feet when we went out to get the quote unquote car. And this Escalade zooms up, stops in front of the curb. My guy friend is a few steps behind, and these four guys come out and surround us. And they're like, get in the car. Oof. And I was like, uh, we're bringing our friend. And then they look at him, and they almost like threaten him and stand, like step towards him. And they're like, no dudes allowed. Get in the fucking car. 
Wow. And so we sort of like recoiled and stepped back on the sidewalk. And at least we had a witness now. Um, they tried one more time and then they like jumped in the car and sped off. Huh. So it was that one moment. I found out a few months later um, by the description of the men that surrounded us that there had been a ring going on. Jesus. Where they were, they literally had, they were kidnapping women and quite a few people started getting murdered in Hollywood. Guys. And ultimately they were recruiters and they were really scary people, but they appeared to be party people. Wow. Now those people started dying. And so then they got to the bottom of it and they got to the house that we were most likely invited to. And they were literally enslaving women, putting scrub brushes on their foreheads. Oh my God. Um, And we're talking probably over 20 women that were affected by this. Mm. So that was one experience. The other one, I had an injury where I had a head injury. I was attacked by a dog Yeah. and I got a fractured skull. It, and I also got a systemic staph infection from that. So it was debilitating and it took me out for months and actually the brain injury affected me for years. <clears throat> so unfortunate chain of events, a woman who I kind of knew through the art community yeah. let me stay with her because I could no longer like stay at my place. I had to change everything because I knew I was going to be out of work for a long time. Yeah. And as I'm staying with her, we were doing these music shows and meeting people, but then occasionally she would have these weird meetings with very shady people. And I, I didn't know it wasn't my business. Yeah. And then I, there's someone I met through the blues community where we were going to like open mics. I sing. And so she would take me to that because it was something I could do and it was fun and it, you know, made me feel good. Yeah. And, um, I thought she was all for me. Well, I met this friend who was from Swaziland, Africa Okay. and he was a blues singer and he happened to be like blue haired, I mean, blonde haired, blue eyed guy. And so he grew up in Africa, even though his parents looked like Otis Redding and, uh, you know, Nina Simone, <laughs> it really, uh, he, he just had like this different look. Well, it was very sought after. And so he was familiar with kidnappings and human trafficking. And for example, he recognized that I was being groomed. I was head injured and I didn't know. And I'm staying with this woman and he went and saw, visited me there. And he told me on like the third or fourth meeting, he's like, you know what I need you to do? Because he looked into it and he kind of checked the people around. And he's like, I need you to pack a bag tonight and I'm going to pick you up. And he said a time and a place. And he's like, I'm picking you up and you're not coming back here. And he explained that what I wasn't seeing was that women around the same area and then it started to make sense because the woman was talking about certain people who weren't in her life anymore. Oh, wow. They weren't there. She also talked about sending me to Mexico. So on a vacation, <laughs> um, turned out she was affiliated with the Mexican mafia. Oh. And he was right. I disappeared that night. He was a musician, so he had a lockout like deep in the valley, and I got locked, you know, by by and by my own choice. You know, he he put me in 
that place. And I stayed in the lockout for like three days until I figured out where I could go. Still That's very inc- head injured, super concussed. Incredible. It was insane. Um, they have been after me and they still would be if they knew where I was. Mm-hmm. Well, that's intense, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I produced a talk show after that. I actually ended up at a a place where you lived on set, basically. You know, you lived there. It was room and board, and then I produced the talk show. Okay. It was a really unique experience. It was the Dr. Susie show. And so at least you lived on premises, and it was very secured. So I disappeared there for about nine months. And during that time, I started working with more adult industry women and then hearing all the stories. And a lot of women run it like their own business. We never saw anything that was, you know, where someone wasn't doing anything. You know, if we'd ever noticed people coming in and they were, you know, pimped out or something, then we would have intervened. Yeah. But I learned a lot about how the industry affects women, especially. And if it gets to be too much, then I wanted to give people an opportunity to uh, retrain and rehome. So that was where I started getting into victim service. That's interesting. And that, now how many years have you been uh, all together at this now? I trained in 2018. But I started my interest in it in 2016. So it took a long time to get over the brain injury. And, you know, I still deal with, you know, different aspects of that. And that does add to my own depression or PTSD issues. I and, can imagine. Uh, I mean, it's deep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same thing as football players. You know, you take enough beatings, mm-hmm. <laughs> it will affect you long term. Yep, that's kind of where I'm at in a lot of ways, unfortunately, from a, yeah. coming from a 70s dysfunctional background, violent right. background, typical Akron, Ohio setting, you know. Remember that movie, uh, Light of Day, with Michael J. Fox? And, yeah, and my Joni. <laughs> but um, it, was, <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm, and it was a great movie. But that I grew up in that same thing, but it was just 38% more violent with some chain fights and pills and cocaine Christian you don't think about orgies you know yeah. the yin and the yang of the of the naughty lifestyle sure <laughs> when you live in extremes it's our you know one has to swing really far in both directions you know I uh, had um, I remember us talking back at this point and uh, I didn't know if I had met you through uh, a buddy of mine I was living with in Highland Park who had connections to Nickelodeon at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds familiar. And then um, I had a chance to go in there, and you had warned me, actually, that there was some guy that was untouchable in Nickelodeon, and uh, and that, according to what you had known about me at that point, which we had talked a few times, and then I kind of dropped off. Um, but uh, I think what you were telling me after you had done the character, a brief character study on me, that I would have been antagonized. And I would have been the one that was fired and uh, maybe even possibly incarcerated. 
Really? I did that? Yeah, you had told me that. I actually put it on an episode uh, back in the second season, and, and since we've been talking, I was like, oh, yeah, that's her. And, uh, oh, wow. And so, well, I hope it was good advice. It was. I ended up leaving Hollywood. And because uh, and I don't want, like I said, I don't want to work in an open secret. And one in four people are sexually violated. One in four people in Hollywood are currently sexually violating somebody. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So Absolutely. That's what is the problem. And, you know, Lemmy's dead. Rest in peace. He took rock and roll with him. I agree. You know, hearing about Ron Jeremy's sorry ass fucking raping those women. And all this other bullshit that's happened since uh, I've left doesn't really make me feel like uh, L.A. or Hollywood is... It's kind of like the primetime network. It's going to end up dying. You know, it'll be like this place that's only good for fucking pedophiles and chomos. And, uh, that's an interesting way of putting it. Well... <laughs> I did fall out of love. If you'd asked me 10 years ago about L.A., um... I, I never, ever thought I would leave. But for me, like, your Lemmy died. And then for me, I worked for Kim Fowley for six years. Mm-hmm. And when he died, you know, I, I even took care of him as he, as he was ill. And I, you know, when he went, right after that is when I had all these injuries and then the horrible experiences. So I really fell out of love with Los Angeles. Yeah. And I was lucky to have come here when I did. Now it's flooded with, you know, people just continue. It's an exodus from L.A. to Vegas. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, and now uh, Vegas does have its own. Every time I go to Vegas and I'm in an air conditioning, it gets me sick. Is that weird? No, it is a different quality of air. It is a different quality of air, right? It's like infused with the Hantra virus and other flavorable Fun. Circulated Maybe a little extra oxygen in there if you're in a casino. Did you ever go to punk rock bowling? Oh, definitely. Yes, I've been involved. I even performed one year at Double Down Saloon. Oh, I love that fucking man. I've been sober for uh, since 2011. It's not because I had a problem either. I just didn't like the kind of drunk I was. Well, that's cool. That's very well controlled then. Yeah, that's why I just never had a problem with it, and I never felt like... I've had about 12 drinks in the last, uh, since October of 11. And, you know, it's like when I do something that I feel is worth a shit, I'll alchemically infuse myself. Okay. <laughs> but, you know... You know, weed is always a good solution, you said you're a smoker. Oh, God, I've been, I've been smoking since we've been talking on this show. Excellent. Well, I tried to keep it stoned throughout the duration of it. That's kind of the signature charm. Very cool. Well, I can tell you that I find it really effective when dealing with people with PTSD. If someone's in the middle of a of a, a spin out or they're freaking, I always recommend it personally for my daily maintenance of PTSD. My I, I was able to remove all antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs and I only take RSO now which is cannabis oil medical level cannabis oil so I take that every night yeah and it really helps just kind of maintain the status quo for me yeah because I was such a zombie when I would take personally my personal chemistry set just didn't agree with 
over the counter, you know, or with prescription um, antidepressants. That's how I ended up coming to this conclusion about it too. And uh, I guess where I was at was 2003. um, And I was going through a series of mental digression is how I coined it. But, um, you know, I ended up uh, just being at that big pharma testing time. It was like the prime time of big pharma testing, you know, and it's been going on since. Now it's just a continued uh, industry. But I really, you know, it. I was on the shit for like eight and a half years, and it just, I had even quit drinking and everything, and it still just was awful. I felt more suicidality in times of being symptomatic with PTSD with it than I did without it, you know? And I thought that I had to weigh the pros and cons. The only thing that medicine helped me with, y'all, big pharma, was that... I can handle my own shit better than I can with that. Yeah. And I've definitely been, um, maybe not misdiagnosed, but definitely over-medicated. Because oh. then, you know, there were times when they would medicate my medication because I was getting side effects. And then I, awful, weight. Then I lost weight. Then I was anxious. Then I wasn't. Then Requiem for a dream. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Every time I see that fucking movie, I'm just like, that's the mental health system altogether. We'll return after these messages. I'm frightened because a child can become trapped in me and suffocate in 10 minutes. Children have such imaginations to them, an abandoned refrigerator can be a jail in the Old West. If I must be stored, make me safe by one of the methods described in this free booklet. Make me safe so children can play safe. Dude, I just got 4,000 anytime minutes for free. Just text star 456-8092. Send the hourly questionnaire about your favorite subject. Like Popeyes. TV shows. Video games. Dude. Dude. Like play as often as you want. Local learning charges. Wow. 4,000 anytime minutes. Metro PCP. Computerizing the world. Yeah. You know, it really is just this dark ass shit starring Jennifer Conley, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> oof, man, that is a hard fucker rough to stuff. oh, rough stuff. My God, mm-hmm. they ended up doing it. You know, I can't remember the guy uh, who wrote those books. Uh, I, wish I could. I can't remember, but you know, he was a interesting fellow just read i remember like reading a brief thing why did i even bring him up i can't remember his fucking name who cares <laughs> <laughs> no, <I got> it. <laughs> go look it up y'all we can mm. go we can go google go wiki it go to your answer boxes yes go pay three dollars in support to wikipedia right now <laughs> for only three dollars contribute five dollars this year Ooh. last year i'll write it off my taxes well i figure you know 
they got my best regards every year. That's what they get from me. You know? <laughs> Thank you for the partial information. Yeah, you know, last dated, updated six hours ago. You know, <laughs> and it's like he also was a pig farmer. <laughs> I love it. Oh man. Well, um, I feel like it's good to reconnect and to put the piece together that you know to backtrack. I, you know, I just just found when I busted the pedophile guy, and he he had done this thing. He sent this shit over the computer. The first thing, of course, you have to do, y'all, is call computer crimes in your local area and have them take that shit out. There is an FBI website as well um, directly to Internet Crimes Against Children, and it will take you to a reporting site. There you go, and. Uh, I wasn't transferred. I was just taken to LAPD. And uh, the guy was like, and I was like, and by the way, I told the guy I was going to fucking kill him. <laughs> and uh, he's like, that's cool. All right, we'll call you back in about 45 minutes. And he was way chill. And he called back and he goes, you should be a detective. And I was like, well, I'm a cartoonist. And he goes, well, you sound like a detective and act like something that we need here. And I was like, okay, so that's what inspired your, yeah. I told him though, I was like, so you're not going to prosecute this guy because there's a dot com on the picture, right? And I've been wanting to tell you this for so long and I never got a real chance to, you know? Yeah, tell me. But, and he said, um, well, we can't because there's just that internet law is not developed like that. It's got a dot com on it, so it means that he's like he fits whatever statute. It wasn't off of the dark web, right? First of all. But it probably originally was. It probably was. We discuss the subject matter, and we don't have to because what's wrong is wrong. And um, I you can't unsee these things, but it's no, uh, it sucked. <clears throat> it fucking sucked, and uh, traumatizing already for somebody who's already got PTSD to see this multiple shit, which comes to the you know, CPTSD, right? Right. Um, but at, at that time, I, I, I told him, I was like, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go do your fucking job for you. How's that fucking sound? And he said, uh, well, if you become a bounty hunter, and this is what he said, if you become a bounty hunter, we're going to throw your ass in prison if you go hunting these pedophiles. And I, so I said, so what's the right fucking answer, chief? And you know what he said? He said, start an LLC. It's the only loophole in the law to allow you to go ahead because if you are into, if, you're, if your LLC is interstated or intertwined, whatever the word is, you know. I got a GED. But um, if whatever your contract is with having your LLC is to protect kids, then that's what you get to do. So if you do have to, you know, take care of stuff, um, it will go to court, and then they'll throw it out. Interesting. And the cop and the sergeant, which that's what he was, he said, and that's the last of the American dream. He's like, are you sure? And then he goes, and then he kind of backed up and was like, why don't you just come down here and join the force? He said it three times. I was like... <laughs> And he got, he got, and I was like, because I'll never be a fucking pig. Oh. And he said, 
you sound like a metalhead. And I was like, I am. I listen to fucking Dio, Maiden, Sabbath, Motorhead, the original cruise. I was like, I said, I bet you listen to Slipknot. And he goes, yeah, I do. I was like, that's not metal. <laughs> and I fucking got, and he got, and then, and he started laughing, you know, and we were getting along. I wasn't like really being, you know, too serious, but he goes, no, why wouldn't you really? I was like, because dude, the fucking U.S. works for Britain. And as soon as the Queen of England tells you guys to fucking drop your pants, you fucking will. And I never will do that. Wow. And I told him straight up, and I was like, that is the reality, isn't it? And he goes, well, if you ever change your mind, come on down. And that's how he ended it, you know. Well, that was, you know, that was a conflict when I was at uh, doing my, my shadowing at the FBI. Mm-hmm. Sworn versus non-sworn. Victim service providers are never... You know, the, you also get social workers in the same category and forensic interviewers. Uh, well, they 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 can be sworn, but yeah. um, non-sworn was where I was going to go because that wasn't. I was more there as a lifestyle expert, as you know, being able to t- determine whether something was uh, fetishized or just simply an inappropriate picture. It's hard to go into all the details, but for right, example, right. with the images that you perhaps turned in. Yes. The FBI has a database of existing files. And so they're held and compared and scanned constantly on Hmm. the internet, on the regular internet. Um, And then it's when they start coming across unknown files that they start an investigation onto someone because that means they're potentially producing. There's new imagery and so therefore you know, so they, they know, you know, there's, there's stuff that these people trade. Are you following? Yeah, I am. Yeah. With the pornographers, they, they have these rings and they have the dark web and they circulate through certain channels. It's kind of just, it's like you said, it's recirculated kind of fodder that people will just end up. Kind of like passing memes around. Sure. But it happens to be this kind of awful subject matter yeah it works the same way new things like and so the same way that that facebook like they detected some awful thing i posted five years ago in a private group and it was like you know the reflection of some girl's vagina on her you know bragging about her weight loss and then it was like a faint reflection of her vagina and it's like watch out what you're doing you know it was one of those (laughs) it was in a private group i almost got in trouble for that but what happens is like even facebook has its own system where you just it it has a scanning system where it, it takes known files. So that was a known file. Yeah. You know, in that, so when they start having, when perhaps, you know, like these things are getting circulated and new footage comes up or new images or whatever, then it, it alerts their system. Oh man. So when things get turned in, they get put through the system as well. You want to hear something I invented? Yeah. Like if you, I wanted to make a fake, a fake site like that, that people think they're going to, but as soon as they click on it, it flashes this blue light on them, and it dyes their skin. Blue. I love the concept, however, you would get busted for having a site like that. Well, no, 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 it would be uh, it would be under the initium of the, you know, uh, it would be something I handed over, you know what I mean? Like, was like, here you guys, you guys want to use this? You know, go ahead. You know, it's nothing I would do. I mean, you did, the FBI would have to create. They seem to be good at that. They do. They do. They you have know. their own phishing systems. I don't really like the FBI. 
I understand that. Yeah, That's that, where I was saying it was a little, it's conflicting because they didn't like me. I didn't like them. At the time, I had a mohawk. However, I, there was also a woman on the FBI force who had just finished an, uh, an undercover thing. And she had a mohawk. And I was like, see, it's not so unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but anyhow, the cops didn't like me. And it did create a lot of conflict. And then plus the fact that I was a fetish expert or that I was coming from a, you know, a victim background, if you want to call it that. Mm. They didn't have much respect for me. It's like, well, I, I provide the human service. You're doing all the stuff. But, you know, I'm the one who you want me to sit down with someone and interview them and get real words out of them and help them. You know, that you got to work hand in hand. But they were dicks. It, yeah, it sounds fucking like it. Look, the, you worked like a lot of ground level cases more, even with the adult entertainers and stuff like that. My question for you, though, is how far into conspiracy do you feel some of the things you've heard goes? I'd say I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum, kind of like how I was saying in the beginning. Conspiracy is one thing, but. Rings are another thing, yes. I mean, do you believe it's that... Not as, it's not as fantastical as people make it out to be. Do you believe that there are high-level officials uh, uh, basically ranching children? Um, not, And it goes beyond pedophilism, right? Because according to what the quote-unquote conspiracy is, which they want to label as whatever, some QAnon, outside that bullshit, on a, on a direct... You know, as a direct, you know, serious question, do you feel like they are, like, extracting their penile glands and shooting this shit up? Straight up. I don't. You don't think they're drinking it like a vial of acid like Johnny Depp does portraying uh, Hunter S. Thompson when he actually does drink a vial of it in Fear of Loathing in Las Vegas? (laughs) I don't think so. Is that the adenochrome? Yeah, that's what the uh, pen- the penile gland, that's what the ex-CIA judge is coming forward and saying that they're doing directly. And it's what Jeffrey Epstein was really accused of. So when you see this, you know, Epstein uh, kind of shit on uh, Netflix where it's like, he raped these five women. He did that on a fucking Sunday afternoon, bro. Yeah. That's not, that was lunch. That's, you know, it's kind of like Trump uh, giving a million burgers to the boy scouts it's like whatever uh you know but uh you know i i don't i don't think well let me say first of all with money comes discretion Mm -hmm. and privilege and the more people that i've interacted with that are on the upper level of life whether it's an entertainment or just they're just rich assholes or whatever yeah i'm not mad at it (laughs) however the richer they are the more perverse Hmm. because they have access and they have power and privilege so there's a whole host of behavior that goes along with that. I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing, you know, anything hormonal to enhance their own performances. But <laughs> at the end of the day, they're going for sick shit. They're going for sick shit. That is a, a baseline. Do you ever feel like there will be a global child protection seal across the planet? Unfortunately, I don't think it's possible. 
Why is that? Why do you believe that's not possible? Um, we can't, I, well, having, okay, I attended a conference, the Internet Crimes or the Children's Safety Conference in right. Dallas. And um, while I was there, there were a lot of global causes. You know, it's a convention, so you go place to place and talk to different people. It is such a huge undertaking that we can't even control our own here. And we would economically have to be one of the forces that lead the way. But federally, we can't even get a lid on anything. It's very out of control. It really makes it look like it, they are really doing something that deep. And, uh, you know, there's just so much surrounding it that never really gets brought up. I thought the Isaac Cappy thing was very interesting. And Tom Hanks's move to Greece was interesting at the same time after the, the little shitty tweet that he gave to him. And then Isaac Cappy ends up dead a week later off the L.A. mousetrap. All because Seth Green told him, we got to have a talk about chicken. And the only thing that Isaac Cappy, he wasn't a pedophile, but he knew that they were doing it and entered into the world anyway. And that's what I, I couldn't do as a person. And I think that even when I was younger, there isn't a time when I existed where I would have complied to that, you know, and, uh, I was hoping I could just get a job as a cartoonist in L.A. and not have to deal with that. <laughs> but, you know, it goes all the way back to John Kay. And it goes into these big names, which really, you know, I saw John Kay with his daughter, like, in 2015. And she didn't look happy, but they were doing some convention, and she was he was just drawing, you know. But I was just like... When I was 19, I was almost hired by John Kay, and I did the episode. You can go back and listen to it if you want after we record. It's a really good episode called The Ren and Stimpy Deal. Okay. And it's about when I was 19 and how I almost got hired by John Kay, but in between my move to go to from Boulder, Colorado to Seattle, where he was stationed in the second year of Ren and Stimpy, mm -hmm. and him and Bob Camp were about to make big. Uh, but... He, what happened? John Kay got busted being a pedophile. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here he is with his daughter all these years later. It just looks greasy. It made me realize how glad I was not to have been hired and to have worked for him. And especially after meeting Bob Camp's big mouth, I definitely doubly felt that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I would have worked for these guys and been like, nope. No. No. But I, I do. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a, it's a heavy subject. And, and one episode at a time, I kind of want to tackle it continually. And I welcome you back to the show anytime. You've been a wonderful uh, guest on the show. And Thank you. It's great to catch up with you and talk about these things. It is important. People don't have enough real conversations, kind of like we were talking about earlier. So, well, if they do, they it's easy. It's easy to lose uh, emotional control. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing. And then we want to block off everybody because that's been an option we've had on social media to block people. Uh, it's not necessarily the most healthy thing to, to do. I'll block people, but then once a year, I go in and I unblock all of them. <laughs> well, that's nice of you. Well, I th people are just people, man. And, you know, I can hate them 
all I want for whatever various reasons. Sure. But in the end, uh, you know, I like how, uh, I don't know what movie it was, but the guy said, you know, turns out, you know, resentment is corrosive. Yeah. And I just, I just, you know, it, it, it is. And the best thing I can do is to reach out to people like you. On the spot. Give you some sappy line about how, oh my God, I need this today. <laughs> well, you, you got to get it done. I got it done, and I'm, I'm thankful to have you today, Elizabeth. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to say before we uh, go? We're at the top of this hour. No, I think you're going out with my way, so have it your way. <laughs> have it your way, BK. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great time. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, hang on the line. Okay. That was wonderful, guys. Thank you for being on the show tonight, Elizabeth. It really was my pleasure. One of the best fucking guests I've ever had on this motherfucker. Okay. That was a badass motherfucking show, actually, dude. You know what? You should do shit your fucking way, too, motherfucker. Believe in yourself. I had to fucking do it. That's why I created this fucking show. And that's why I'm going to have fucking four cups of coffee right now. And I'm going to shoot for six today. <laughs> Produced by Bloody the Pitbull. Always a pleasure, Bloody. And the mortician here in beautiful Aloha. Aloha. I will keep making these shows. And I will keep fucking inviting cooler and cooler motherfuckers on. Hey, you know what? I don't care how cool you are, though. If you blow me off, you can fuck off. Your fucking starry ass doesn't impress me. And to me, the people who have been on here, people who don't even know who they are, man, really. You know what I think? I think they're the underdogs. And I think they're the best fucking thing that ever fucking happened. Untapped fucking gold mines. Fuck your ragged Illuminati Lady Gaga gape and anus ass, motherfucker. You fucking lizards fucking don't do shit for anything. Fucking, oh, Brad Pitt in the fucking news again. Who gives a fuck? Where's the punk rock? Why's everybody gotta make fucking shit mainstream? 
Your mainstream views are letting fucking kids get violated across the fucking world. What do you think about that? Well, you fucking post another fucking picture of your cat on Facebook. You little shitstagram FBI fucking platform. It is good to fucking reconnect with you, Elizabeth. And yes, I don't really give a fuck about the Aquanet fucking bullshit hair brigade that the FBI really is. Because they fucked me around. And they fucked a lot of people around. Until they released that Anthony Black... Anthony Weiner's Blackberry backup, they can fuck off. And that's the key to everything. You said you didn't think it was possible. But I'll tell you what, the information that's on that fucking Blackberry could change the entire world. You can change the entire world. So stay tuned to Adam Air MDGED. And I'll keep it rolling, Rock. Oysters Rockefeller here has provided genuine turkey dogs. Heck, you're never too rich to enjoy a free turkey dog. Or another episode of Adam Air MD, GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Welcome to the show. Caller, what is your name? My name is Elizabeth Aston. <laughs> oh, and you are calling from SoCal? I'm in Las Vegas, actually. You're in Vegas? Mm-hmm. All right. Was it like down there? Just an arid, a bar of arid extra dry or what? Yeah. <laughs> it's already over 110 today. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to stop right there.